Pleased to be joined by the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey. Commissioner, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Good to be here. Well, it's good to see you after being absent a year ago and no spring meetings for two years in a row. So that's a step forward. It's been a little bit of turmoil since uh, Nashville... In 2020, March yeah, 2020. Absolutely. Um, I want to ask you about a couple of things that you addressed yesterday, and that is um, uh, you mentioned that you would need congressional help on name, image, and likeness to try to set up a uniform legislation in regard to that. And some have said, well, it, it's the NCAA's fault. They should have come up with criteria. Do you blame the NCAA in part for this? How do you view that? Well, there were some strategic decisions made, which mm-hmm. uh, I felt otherwise, but those are made. You know, that's water under the bridge. As we went through the last six to nine months, and you had a Supreme Court appeal that you were awaiting that decision, uh, a year ago, there were two lawsuits filed around name, image, and likeness issues. And then you had you know, California in the fall of 2019, but Florida, and then since January, more and more states adding name, image, and likeness legislation. Where I disagreed was staying with a legislative package developed you know, last summer and fall. The whole playing field changed. But the outcome was tied to reality. And you can't fault the NCAA for dealing with reality because had they done some things earlier, the outcome of perhaps the Alston case in the Supreme Court or different state legislative pieces may have put them right in the same spot. And and understand, some of the state laws went well beyond what the NCAA rules were going to do. And so the, the net of that is to put in conflict a university in a state with their state law or they're in conflict with NCAA rules if they follow the state law. That's a, that's a reality, not something that we're accustomed to in college athletics. And that leaves you with there is a need for uniformity. We're just used to having somebody call the NCAA and saying, hey, what should I do? The court said that system doesn't work so well. You're going to be subject to full antitrust scrutiny for your rulemaking, which puts the emphasis on a congressional outcome. And, and I'll illustrate this. If you're a 17-year-old right now, high-level recruit visiting 10 different universities in 10 different states, you have to figure out 10 different approaches to name, image, and likeness. That's not fair to that young person. That's not helpful to that young person. In fact, it could be problematic. And I could go on about some of the reasons why the congressional action is needed. But I think that really clarifies the difficulty of the circumstance. You also said something yesterday that was stunning to me, that on the FBS level, 1,600 players had entered the transfer portal and 1,100 were still active. Uh, in all colleges, 13,000 had entered the portal, 11,000 still active. Did that, is that number stun you, or did you kind of see that that was the way it was going? I, I thought the number was in, uh, there was a comma in the number in football. I, I was stunned by the all-sports number, the 13,000, and our staff, David uh, Batson, our associate commissioner in the compliance area, compiled the research for me, and we looked at, at, at fully numbers, at, fully at numbers, And then we looked at some history of how many people at this point still in the portal access scholarships. And it's uh, between 30 and 40 percent. And what that means is there are a lot of young people who had scholarship opportunities in college athletics in Division I who will not have those opportunities. And my point yesterday is it's not not good enough just to, to be a leader in this endeavor and say, hey, good for us. We gave everybody freedom under the transfer rules but then have people, while exercising that freedom, just end up nowhere. Uh, We have to think, should there be some structure, boundaries, 
again, we're subject to antitrust scrutiny, so you're in a tough spot. But if we're looking for helpful educational outcomes for individual young people, we need to be attentive to who gets left out. Commissioner, always appreciate your time. Thank you so much for that. You mentioned some numbers yesterday, but uh, what is the level of concern with the variant that is circulating out there among those that perhaps have not been vaccinated and, and maybe even one or two that have been? It is a substantial concern, and, and I cited real-life issues that have changed again today. I was looking at the, the scroll on the bottom of the SEC network, and apparently the head of the Tokyo organizing committee said there could be a last-minute cancellation. Well, I've been through those. That's not any fun. Uh, and mine was a basketball tournament, not an Olympics. Um, so th- that kind of underscores what happened with the Yankees-Red Sox, the the. the uh, I was sad that we didn't have North Carolina State playing all of their games in the College World Series because I love the competition, as our athletes do. That can still happen. And, yep, you know what? The vaccine's not perfect, so let's just put that on the table. But it's a really, really amazing product of science. It, pre- it, it prevents serious illness. It greatly reduces hospitalization. And it can prevent the spread of COVID. And so if we're trying to reduce the spread, access the vaccine particularly among our teams. They're going to meet, eat, and greet. That's the Alan Sills NFL chief medical officer line. They're going to be in proximity to each other. So I don't think we've seen fans in stadiums spreading virus in the outdoor environment. You get concerned about, you know, close in in the, in, in the vomitories or the, the outside of the stadium. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the outside atmosphere is fine. It's the teams. And we need the teams to be healthy. And so my point is, look, you've done all this preparation. You're about to go into preseason camp, finish the drill, get vaccinated, and protect all that work you've done so you can play the season without disruption. It was uh, just remarkable to see how many people made the necessary adjustments to make almost every SEC football game take place last year in your Role. Tell me, are there aspects of your job that you do differently today based on having to adjust on the fly, adapt as we all have over these last 16 months? Every morning I checked the New York Times coronavirus tracker and the Washington Post coronavirus tracker. I, I didn't do that, um, you know, a year and a half ago. Uh, we've adapted to Zoom. So I said, you know, nice to be here. I should have said nice to see you like Jimmy did. It's nice to see people. Um, we, we've had to just deal with the discomfort of waiting on COVID tests. Uh, and uh, I, I dislike that discomfort. Um, that's not when I signed up for being commissioner that you thought you were going to deal with, but that's life, right? You know, get over it and move on. Um, and then, you know, you, you think I, a little bit differently about the appreciation for what we do and the opportunities. I've cited Alante Taylor over and over and over for his, like, I'll be swabbed every day if I can play. Mm-hmm. And, I think when we got to the point in August where people stopped, all of a sudden people realized how much it meant to have college football or to have um, college sports in general, not just for the public, but for the participants. And we not need to lose sight of that. And that's really you know, changed my, my perspective on how much young people want these opportunities. Yeah, there's courts, there's litigation, legislation, NIL, all the other stuff. Uh, but the young people want these opportunities to challenge themselves and to grow as a person and educate themselves. Our guest commissioner, Greg Sankey. Commissioner, you said yesterday that college athletics is not perfect, but, and, and I'm, one of those buts to me is, I think you pointed out there were 105 players that were injured. 
and yet they received medical support from their colleges or the university. And a lot of people feel like that's, that's something that should be done and carried on. But you pointed out it is being done. Right. So I've watched Senate hearings where this uh, either direct statement or an insinuation is people are just cast aside when they're hurt. That's not accurate. Um, are, nobody here complains about those 105. In fact, they're ready to support people. And, Jimmy, what was lost, and I probably didn't go far enough, when people arrive, young people arrive, they go through medical screenings. And so over and over, we have stories of people who have had maladies treated, diabetics. They may have a, a spinal uh, de deformation, which may re exclude them from participating. The dental bills that are paid. We've had young people in my career that I've had calls from campus to say, hey, we've got guys on our team that have never before visited a dentist. Mm. And that happens when they show up on our campuses. And that's not to say everything's perfect. I'm honest that there are imperfections. But it was uh, 105 medically exempt student athletes, 127 student athletes who el whose eligibility ended. And we're still bringing them back and funding their, their education. Then 185 opt-outs. We're in the environment last year where there was so much uncertainty. If you're not comfortable playing, we'll honor your scholarship. Nobody compelled us to do that. Those were the right things. I think there's probably over 400 scholarship commitments right there. It's about 10% of our total scholarship population um, that, that had those opportunities. And, and that's a sign of the care and support provided. You mentioned uh, also yesterday that we need faster resolutions for high-profile cases with the NCAA, that those accused of violations deserve a fair and timely outcome, and so do the opponents. How do we get to that? We focus on the issues of primary importance. We create time structures for investigations and enforcement activity. Um, and perhaps we have to think differently about penalties. So every time there's been another group looking at um, the, this process, the first thing you hear, because I'm on a committee now looking at the, at the process, was we need stronger penalties. Maybe we don't need stronger penalties. Maybe what we need is lesser penalties applied more quickly to allow people to be held accountable in real time and move through and get on with their lives. Um, and particularly when there's, when there's turnover, where you've got a whole new group coming in to lead, let them lead. Let's not just deal constantly with what's in the background. Do you want to take uh, just a bit of a different direction here? And I know that uh, you really enjoy following uh, the success stories that are out there for the SEC in so many, in just about all sports. Um, you were kind enough to pop into the broadcast booth right before Tennessee and Arkansas squared off in the SEC tournament championship down in Hoover. I appreciated that. Uh, but what has it been like to see somebody like Tony Vitello take a Tennessee baseball program and in three SEC seasons win the East for the first time for the school since 97 and make a return trip to the College World Series for the first time in 16 years. Well, I popped into the booth just to say thank you for what's been done to present games and for being there. And, and I, I said that to both teams um, in that championship game, and I, I mean that. Just the appreciation for all that's had to happen to make all of this possible. I mean, people don't even know, right? You guys, you guys have lived it. Uh, it was just great to see what, what Tony did and to, to see the momentum and the energy. And then uh, during the Super Regional, all that was happening outside uh, the stadium. And, you know, congratulations to Tony and his team uh, on the East Division uh, for being in the conference tournament championship game that hadn't happened in our current format, for m moving into the College World Series for a new contract and, and for Danny's work to get that done. Just really encouraging to see momentum. And a long time ago, I can't remember his name, 
where I'm from in upstate New York, the city of Auburn, there was a shortstop who played at Tennessee from Auburn, New York. So I've always paid attention to the Tennessee program because there's this hometown connection. I have to go back and do my research because I can picture him. I just can't remember his name. All right, Kirby Smart said you're actually an excellent golfer and that you were uh, being too humble about your golfing exploits. So um, I, I played for a while, and then I took like 10 or 12 years off because Mike Sly would call you on the golf course, and it took the fun out of it. <laughs> and uh, a couple years ago, I started playing. I actually did some practicing this spring. So on the first tee of the region of Pro-Am, there's a crowd. And, you know, like my hands are like a little trembly putting the ball on the tee in the ground. Took my time. I think Kirby went first, hit a nice shot, and then I just smoked them. That's all I needed. I didn't need to hit another drive, but when it was prime time, I showed. And Kirby walks back. He's like, oh, jeez, am I going to have that all day? We were playing. It was a great day. Play played with Steve Stricker, uh, Kirby, myself, uh, John Turner from Regions Bank here. Really fun day. I hit some. I got off the tee pretty well that day. But uh, I think Kirby oversold it. He went on TV and was, like, praising me on golf. I'm like, Kirby, I'm working hard here. That's what you need to say. He's kept it together. You need, you know, need not let the world know I'm hitting golf balls. And when you walked by Kirby Smart, you said, it just means more. Yeah, I said, yeah, you got to get after it, Kirby. So. <laughs> Commissioner, thank you for joining us. Really do appreciate it. And, again, great to see you and great to be here at the event. Yeah, appreciate it. Again, walking in that booth to say thank you is the same thing here. You know, a lot of people have to make this happen, make it special. It just means more. Attitude is not simply we, we put. It's you know, what you saw outside and inside the baseball stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee, and look forward to seeing that in the fall. Thank you, Commissioner. We Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. As Commissioner Greg St.